The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. This is the beginning of a new year, as we all know, and this is a time when people start thinking about what it is that they can bring about in their world, in their worlds, and in their lives. And so, we have to ask the question at the beginning of this new year: How do we actually deliberately create the life we want without creating it out of the intention of duality? So, duality resides within us as a force. It's an energy to which we're given. Uh, we've given a lot of power, and it tells us what to do based on the agenda that we're separate from the divine and from each other. So when we create on purpose, which part of us is creating? Can we just think that we want something and maintain a position, a positive mindset position about it, and it will come to us? Well, An- Anodea Judith and Lion Goodman are here today to discuss the concept of creating on purpose based on their book by the same title. Here you're going to learn about creating on purpose from the deeper, more authentic self. Anadea is the author of several classics on the chakra system, including the bestseller Wheels of Life, Eastern Body, Western Mind, and the award-winning DVD, The Illuminated Chakras. Lion is the co-founder of the Illuminary Leadership Institute, teaching leaders the principles of manifestation. So today we're ready to talk about how it is that we can create the life on purpose. So... Welcome, Anodea and uh, Lion. We're so glad to have you here today. Delighted to be here. Me too. It's great. All right. So, New Year. Yes, it is. It's a perfect topic for the New Year, is it not? So, we're going to, I want to ask you first for each of you to sort of tell me what, how you define the term manifestation, because I think we have to sort of put that one to rest before we can go any further. Lion, do you want to start? Sure. Um, Manifestation is the process of bringing your ideas into reality. Uh, We have lots of thoughts and ideas and desires. The question is, how do we get them into our lives? And so the process of manifestation is the process of taking our most uh, cherished desires, our sole purpose, and our dreams step by step into our lives so that we're actually living those dreams. And okay. why don't you talk about it from the chakra standpoint? Yes, and I certainly agree with every word that Lion just said, and I would say that what we take in our book is we use the map of the chakra system as a way to bring our ideas down into reality in a step-by-step process that moves from the abstract conception into visualization, into communication, into relationships, into action, into movement, and finally into a fixed 
finished um, form on the manifested plane. So we are coming into density and making something more specific and more real at each step. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what we're talking about then is working to unblock the chakras to make our dreams into a reality or, as you put it, Lionel, our ideas into a reality. So uh, it, for those on, who are in the listening audience who might not be familiar with chakras, uh, can you tell us, Anadea, what is a chakra and how do they work? Yes, well, the word is um, from the yoga tradition, and it means a wheel or a disc, and it's actually a spinning wheel of energy. At least that's what it feels like in ourselves. Um, And there's seven of them located just in front of the spine. And these wheels of life, as I call them, represent states of consciousness, sacred elements such as earth, water, fire, air, sound, light, and thought, stages of development, um, steps in the manifestation process, stages of human history. It's a very profound ordering system. And the chakras are really, they're seen in, in the old text as condensing chambers for condensing the abstract energy of consciousness into its seven manifested planes. Okay. All right. So, so these are on in or a part of the body is that correct they are a part of the body but they are not quite the same as a, as the physical body in other words you could dissect yourself and and you know pull out a, a lung but you can't take a chakra out uh it's really more in the energy body or the subtle body okay yeah so uh, yeah i wanted to get that clarified i always think it's very interesting that we we tend to sort of badmouth the body and make it the problem and yet our body, energy body, and physical body are so dynamically connected that it's hard to really say that the body is the problem. Oh, um, absolutely. So. And in fact, it's the solution. If we're bringing our energy down from the upper chakras into manifestation, it requires bringing it down in the direction of the body as well. So it requires a kind of embodiment. You know, you don't get anything done in the world outside of your body. You have to get up and move your body to a particular location to get some work done. Um, so it's all a process of embodiment. Good, and a sacred good. embodiment, an embodiment of our highest principles, an embodiment of our life purpose. Yeah, and isn't that sort of what you guys both have been saying about manifestation? It brings the purposes of the soul or the etheric body or the energy body or however you want to say that into the the world and so we can bring our conscious awareness into the uh, from the chakra system into our bodies and we can also bring our uh, conscious awareness to play in the outer world is that do I, am I saying that correctly right well th- uh, consciousness and thoughts are wonderful but by themselves uh, they keep us isolated so part of uh, our book is about co-creation we say that nothing gets created by yourself you always everything is co-creation we have to work with others to create anything great even an artist who works alone has to interact with people at the art supply store and the gallery in order to have their art seen by other people so uh, everything is co-creation and co-creation happens embodied you know we have to as Anadea said, we have to move ourselves to some place to do something to actually live and have experiences. What we want are experiences, not just thoughts. And so uh, you can sit around thinking all day, but uh, experience is a lot more valuable. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that that is the manifestation part is the experience. Do I have that correct? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay. So uh, earlier about ideas coming into reality, that's the process of manifestation. And right. in the book we talk about how you can think of ideas like arrows that you have in a quiver on your back. And when you want to manifest something, you pull one of those arrows out and you shoot it towards a target. So manifestation is the process of allowing your idea to actually hit all the way to its target and its completion. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's a real good analogy. Okay, so let's compare this kind of manifestation to the manifestation that was talked about in the earlier books like The Secret or uh, several of uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks' books on the Law of Attraction. What, what does it, why isn't so much of what we're trying to do with those, um, those pieces of advice we got, why isn't that working? Well, one of the uh, things I like to say is that no one ever had a bag of money fall on their head while they were meditating or saying affirmations. <laughs> and a lot of people are affirming prosperity, but then they, but uh, money is in the social realm. It is a social phenomenon. It's not in the personal realm. And you can make yourself happy inside yourself, but you can't make yourself money inside yourself. Mm-hmm. So in order to create anything in the physical world or the social world, you have to use the the principles of creation in those worlds. And money, for example, or prosperity, uh, occurs in the realm of people and interactions and promises and exchange and work. You know, we get paid for work. We get paid for creativity. We don't get paid for sitting and meditating. So uh, a lot of the problem with the, the law of attraction principle is it's great for an internal experience. You can attract any experience to yourself you want. But you can't attract the social experiences or the physical experiences uh, by just sitting around and saying affirmations. You have to take action. So part of the seven steps that we outline in our book is moving it from this the idea realm, which is great, and the consciousness realm, which is great, and even the feeling realm, which is great, down into physical actions that actually result in your having the experience you want to have. Yeah. Great. That's excellent. And one of the things I noticed in the book was, uh, and by the way, I've read this book and it's very, very good. I really love the study of the chakras in particular. Um, uh, this, uh, the, what you've done is you've gone from the seventh chakra to the first chakra. And so many people, when they're talking about chakras, go from the first chakra to the seventh chakra. So we just have a minute or so before the break. So I want to see if we can talk just a little bit about that. What, why did you choose that way? Well, I've been teaching the chakras from the bottom up for a very long time, and I think it's an important journey. We call it the journey of liberation, where we liberate ourselves from fixed forms to go to the universal plane of consciousness. But what do you do when you get there? Right now, I think that our evolutionary process as humans is to be able to take that higher consciousness and turn around and make a difference in the world, and that the world desperately needs people to show up, roll up their sleeves, and make a difference. But people don't know how to do that because they're trying to escape into transcendence. So the chakra system really, it it is a bridge between heaven and earth that goes in both directions. So it's bringing heaven down to earth. It's bringing earth up to heaven. And few people have talked about the downward direction whereby we actually become 
avatars or, you know, imin- you know d- divine imminence that we bring down inside us and then actualize out through our chakras. It's a very important evolutionary turn that I think is essential at this time. And the ancient yeah. texts, uh, the Tantra texts, talked about both the upward current uh, and the downward current, that there is a flow of energy from the bottom up and also from the top down. And today, you want to talk about that in more detail? Yes, and it's actually this upward and downward current happening at the same time that gives the chakras their, their spin, so to speak. It's like um, those roads where you have a roundabout at a busy intersection. The chakras are sort of like that. There's energy coming in from the top. There's energy coming in from the bottom. There's energy coming in from outside ourselves. There's energy coming in from within ourselves. And it is all circulating at each chakra. So what we actualize is a mixture of the downward and the upward current as it metabolizes within ourselves. Okay. I like the idea of metabolizing within ourselves. Can you say a little bit more about that? Well, it's very much like a solar energy plant or a solar panel that takes the energy of the sun and draws it down and then converts it into electricity that you can use in your home. Well, the chakras in the same way convert the raw energy of consciousness into vision, into conversation, into action, into feeling, into movement, and into the body. So um, they are metabolizing that raw energy of source, if you will, into its various manifested planes in the same way that a solar panel metabolizes the sun's energy into electricity that can then work your toaster or your lamp. Yeah, so there's a whole lot of reception involved in the process of manifestation. That's where it begins. We say in the seventh chakra we open to conceive and to receive. So to conceive means we have to think of something before we can create it. Conception is like the sperm and egg coming together. It's very little matter, but all the information necessary to make you, you. Well, when we conceive of something, we get the information, we get the idea, then we have to put flesh on the bones, and that's the process of manifestation in the same way that the mother puts flesh on the bones of that DNA to produce a child. Okay. Yeah, so... When we're talking about manifestation, tell me if I have this wrong, uh, what we're saying is the first step then is the, the, well, of course, the conception and then the reception. And maybe the conception is a form of reception as well, but um, we're receiving from source. That's right. Yeah, okay, yeah. So the first step is actually opening into emptiness where we make room to receive And as we receive, we conceive. Just the way a woman has to receive in order to conceive a child, we have to open our reception to be, in a sense, penetrated by source, which plants ideas in our mind. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think we, I think what we're talking about, though, is not, is not, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm continuing that, what we asked a little while ago about the difference between the secret and the law of attraction and what you're saying. We're not talking about, trying to con- just get our heads in the right place. We're not talking about thinking positive and all that. We're talking about allowing the source to give us the energy we need and then go from there. Is that? Do I have that right? Well, there are many steps along the way, but receiving and conceiving are the first ones. And mm-hmm. then uh, there's plenty of steps from that point forward 
uh, in which you have to deal with the obstacles and the barriers and the resistance that comes up at each step. Because whenever we are trying to create something new, we're stimulating all the old creations, all of our old beliefs and our old ideas and our old fixed uh, um, programs. We're stimulating them to come back up and reassert themselves. Now, for many people, these countercurrents, as we call them, uh, stop people. They they say, I'm going to go on a diet, and then they immediately hear in their head, oh, come on, you'll never accomplish that. You've tried it a hundred times. And then they stop. But that countercurrent, that counter uh, intention is just one step along the way. And if you learn how to handle them and move them through the system, then you can keep going toward your goal. You know, we're, we're at this New Year's time when people make resolutions, and they usually last about a week or so. But with the technology that we teach in the book, you can learn how to deal with each of the things that comes up in the way and keep moving forward to manifest your goals or your dreams. Right, and I want to spend some time in this uh, after this break talking about exactly what you mean by the core manifestation principles and how that works. But before we go there, I want to ask you, you said something in the book about embracing your experience and that being a key element in healing, which would be part of the obstacles you just spoke of. Can you explain what that means to embrace your experience? Because I think that's really important. Uh, sure. Well, um, Go ahead, Lion. Yeah, all right. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, we we love to have uh, good and pleasurable experiences, but we don't like to have unpleasant or painful experiences. So the mind uh, is a very powerful thing, and it can uh, avoid actually receiving those signals, those that information and those experiences in many ways. For example, if you have a painful experience, you can start thinking about it or you can ignore it, or you can distract yourself uh, by looking at something else or going somewhere else. You can suppress it. You can push it down into the subconscious and, and pretend it doesn't exist. There's, you can dissociate and not actually experience the experience. And all of these things, what all of these techniques do is they push the experience down so that they're operating at the subconscious level because it's like somebody knocking on your door trying to deliver a message. If they knock on the door and you don't answer, they're going to ring the doorbell. And if you don't answer the doorbell, they're going to start knocking and pounding louder and louder and louder until you finally answer the door. And they say, here's this message I've been trying to give you. And you go, okay, thank you. And then they go away. So it's similar with painful or unpleasant experiences is that they, they become subtle annoyances in the background and once you are willing to feel them and experience them, they can move through and complete their life cycle. So every experience has a life cycle. It gets created, it wants to be felt and experienced, and then it can disappear. So most people have suppressed uh, so many experiences that they get pushed down into the body, they cause disease, injuries, uh, and discomfort. And so by bringing them back up and experiencing them, you can clear a lot of those things away. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk some more about that whole process right after the break. This is Authentic Living, and we're talking to Anadea Judith and Lion Goodman about their book, Creating on Purpose. Be back in just a minute.
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you ever stop and wonder if there's more to life than what you are experiencing? Do you feel like you deserve to live that life? Of course you should. Tune in to Shining Bright with your host, Regina Sisko. Through Regina's life experiences and her guest experts, you can put yourself on the path to holistic self-discovery and the life that you were born to lead. Shining Bright with Regina Sisko is broadcast live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AHD's programs include degrees in the following, holistic theology, offering as terminal degrees both a THD and a PhD, holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality, and alternate spiritual traditions, which includes in-depth studies in the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. This is not just another spiritual diploma mill. AIHT is a real educational program where you will get real learning experience in, in a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing as your text-writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. Want to know more? Go to www 
www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Are you willing to invest $250 down payment and pay $150 a month toward manifesting your dreams? Your dream is their mission. Pick up the phone right now and call 800-650-4325 to learn how you can make your dreams for a career in which you utilize your own unique spiritual gift start coming true. So we're talking today to Anadea uh, Judith and Lyon Goodman on their book, Creating on Purpose, The Spiritual Technology of Manifesting Through the Chakras. And um, we, I want to talk just a little bit now about that actual process of manifestation. How, what are the principles of uh, manifestation? Well, there's one principle for each chakra, logically enough. And we begin at the top with the principle that consciousness creates. Everything that is created comes into existence because somebody thought of it. The clothes you're wearing, the, the phone you're holding, the building you're in, everything is created from consciousness. So that is the ultimate creator. That is where it begins. Mine, you want to take the next one? Sure. Um, uh, before I do, the when we're looking at consciousness, we're also looking at your soul purpose because if you create within that your purpose that you came to earth for, uh, you will love whatever you do, and you'll have the stamina to get through the tough times when, when they come up, which guaranteed they will. So a part of opening to consciousness is opening to your own life purpose and getting to know it and understand it so that you can then dream within that life purpose. So the next chakra down, the sixth chakra, uh, the principle is vision vitalizes. And once you have a conception, once you have an idea, the next step is to envision it, to make it as clear as possible, to not only see it, but feel it and smell it and use all of your senses to become really clear about what you want to create. And so in this chakra, we have exercises uh, for dreaming big, for looking at each area of your life and imagining how do you want life to be. Go ahead, okay. Andrea. Yeah, and then once we visualize it and we get more detail in it, we begin to talk about it. We bring it down into a more social plane where you share your ideas with someone else, and this principle is called conversation catalyzes. As you talk about your dream, you're going to find people that say, oh, well, I know the perfect graphic designer for that project, or I know someone else that's looking for a partner in creating a retreat center, or I know the perfect investor for your, your idea. And so it catalyzes uh, contributions that will help you manifest. We say the quickest way to create your dream is to talk about it, and that talk is cheap, so do lots of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and, of course, the, the fifth chakra is also hearing as well as speaking. And so it's important to, uh, as you talk to other people about your dream, you hear their feedback and you integrate their feedback into making your dream sharper. They may know something you don't know. So you use that information to, uh, to qualify and further define your dream. And the next step is chakra four at the heart, and the principle here is love enlivens. So it's not only what do you love about your dream, but it's also uh, looking at how your dream serves other people and finding the right relationships. As I said before, all creation is co-creation. So who do you need in your life, in your project, 
to help you create your dream. There are always people that you need. If you're going to build a house, you may need a mortgage broker and a real estate agent and a, and a land developer and a contractor. And you also need people at the, at the county to get your permits. So finding the right relationships is really important here and creating a network of people and then creating with beauty and love, which is what the soul wants to do. And then from there, we come down into the third chakra, and the manifestation principle here is power produces. This is where we need to find the power within ourselves to actually get up in the morning and do things. This is the chakra where we take action. And, you know, the best laid plans, we can think about it all we want. And as Lyon said, you know, a bag of money is not going to fall on your lap. For every manifestation project, there are some action items that you need to do. And that takes will, that takes a sense of purpose, it takes a sense of direction. And so here we help people remove the blocks in their will so that their will can be single-focused. You know, we have will that says, I want to go on a diet, but I want to go to this party and eat what they have, and, and I'm on vacation. And, you know, so we have the will having several different purposes. When we align our will with our higher purpose, we can stay on track and produce with power. Yeah, I think that's real important. Okay. And then we move down to Chakra 2. Uh, chakra 2, the principle is pleasure pleases. And the Chakra 2 is related to the element water. And uh, we, have to, we ride this river of passion in our lives. We, we follow our, our pleasure principle. And you're not going to do it if it's not fun. So here's where the fun comes in. How can you make your project enjoyable and pleasurable? And speaking of the law of attraction, you know, what we see the law of attraction as being is if I make something really attractive, you're going to be attracted. So if I tell you about a great restaurant I went to with wonderful food and terrific service, you're going to be attracted to go to that restaurant. If I say it was a terrible restaurant, the food was awful and the service was lousy, you're not likely to go there. So, so that's how we see the, the attraction principle is here in Chakra 2. It also is about balancing the masculine and feminine. The masculine force is the penetrating force moving forward, but you also want to balance that with the receptive force of being able to receive, being open, and to, uh, to having pleasure of accomplishment. Okay. And then from there, that river of passion, river of water always flows downhill. It takes us down to the final step, to the earth plane, and the final step in our manifestation where the principle here is matter matters. And, you know, this is to counteract a lot of the spiritual teachings that say, you know, the body is immaterial and the earth is just garbage to treat, you know, to use at our discretion and, and discard. And that it really says that what we put in our bodies matters, what we do to the earth matters. If you're building a house that you cut the boards to just the right length, nail them together in a specific way, all of that matters. So at this chakra, we're getting very specific. We make commitments, and we follow through on those commitments to completion. We put those commitments on a calendar. So we say, I'm going to finish writing my business plan by a certain date and send it to so-and-so the next morning, or I'm going to make three calls tomorrow, or I'm going to lose 20 pounds by a particular date. So the more specific we can make it, 
the more we are bringing it into reality. So all these little details actually matter at this final plane of manifestation, mm-hmm. and completion matters. And people often see the, the first chakra as being down at the base of the spine, down near the, the coccyx and the sacrum. Um, however, the chakra actually extends through the legs to our feet. It's where we take a stand and where we move forward step by step. So when you're taking those steps forward, you actually move yourself toward your dream. And then the final stage is where you get to celebrate, where you have what you dreamt of having, where you completed your project, and then you can lay back and go, ah, that feels good, and have some champagne and celebrate your accomplishment. That's as important as any of the other steps because it's what inspires you to take whatever next step you have to go in your dream, in your life, or your project. It's another way of embracing your experience, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to the fifth chakra for just a minute, if you will, because uh, one of the things that is taught very often with, uh, uh, as I've heard it taught, actually, uh, with regard to the law of attraction or the uh, the idea of manifesta- manifestation is that we shouldn't talk about it. And the reason we shouldn't talk about it is because we're likely to hear feedback from people that go, oh, you're not going to be able to do that. You know, you're just pipe dreaming or, you know, you're not going to be able to make that happen. So. Can you talk to that for just a minute? Yeah, there seems to be a belief that people have that if there's something good and you talk about it, it goes away. And if there's something bad and you talk about it, you make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. um, We actually see that that feedback can be very helpful, but we advise people not to share their dreams with what we call dream killers. There are certain people that just have a negative attitude about anything you want to share and if you have, you're, you're sharing your dream, it's just a tender little sprout coming out of the ground, um, you don't want somebody to step on it. So you have to be careful who you share it with and how you share it, but that the process of feedback that you get from other people actually helps you refine your dream. Even if that feedback is, is questioning you, like, well, how many clients do you want to see a week? How much money do you need to make by the end of the year? How many customers... You know, how many books do you want to sell? And getting specific about that um, actually helps people refine their dream. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, you in the book, there's another thing you do that I really, really like, and that's that you put a very positive uh, spin or light on the obstacles that we might have in creating on purpose. So. You know, we usually think about those as roadblocks, and there's a lot of talk out there amongst those of us who are talking about how we can, you know, change those negative roadblocks and all that. So can you describe how your acceptance of of a roadblock or an obstacle can help you transform your ability to manifest? Sure. Imagine you're going to climb a mountain, and uh, and you have there's a trail, and you have a map. You start walking up the trail, and there's a big tree that's fallen or a, or a rock fall that's, that's wiped out the trail. Now, you, know, if you can take that as a sign that you shouldn't go up the mountain. You can quit at that point and go, oh, it's too hard. Uh, there's, there's not a clear trail. It's an obstacle. I'm going to turn around and go back home. That's one of the alternatives. But the other alternative is to say, wow, what a great adventure. I've got, I now have to find my way around the obstacle. I now have to break some new ground. I have to try something I've never tried before. Now, obstacles are, there's external obstacles like a rock fall, and there's also internal obstacles like old beliefs. 
the only difference between people who are successful in their lives and people who are unsuccessful is that successful people have ways of handling the inevitable obstacles, barriers, and resistance that comes up. Even great actors have said, you know, they have stage fright before they go on stage, but they have a way of handling it. So our book is filled with exercises for learning how to deal with, handle, and remove the obstacles that are inevitable in any path. Anytime you create something, there will be obstacles, no matter what you're trying to create. Even an artist creating something in their studio will find, gee, that paint's not quite right there and the color's not not quite right there. They could quit and say, oh, heck with it, or they could find their way around the obstacle or the barrier or the resistance. So it's part of life, and uh, some of us learned early in life to deal with the frustration of obstacles and keep going. Other people learned that it was easier to quit. So if you want to create something, you've got to get good at dealing with the obstacles that come up. And as I said, our book has many, many techniques for dealing with them, both the internal ones and the external ones. There's a great Rumi poem about how God plays chess with us, trying to teach us the game. And I I don't know the exact lines of the poem, but it ends with something about if if someone were trying to teach you the game, where would they put the chess pieces? In other words, they put the chess pieces in ways that are obstacles so that you actually learn to handle them. We see the obstacles actually as something that is teaching you, something that is giving you a gift when you handle it well. Yeah, so it's not yeah, so it's not just something that you need to beat yourself up for if you've got somewhat a quote unquote negative beliefs or um, beliefs that are old and just need to shift. It's more like, okay, what can I learn from this experience? Absolutely. And what tool does it take to handle it? You know, if you if a tree falls across the trail, then you need you know, a saw to cut up the tree. If it's a rock, you need a different kind of tool. So what we offer in the book is various tools um, for the obstacles that occur in each chakra. So, you know, you might first say, well, is this a, a negative belief I have? Then we have a tool for changing your beliefs. Is this a block in communication? Well, we have tools for clearing the blocks in communication. Is this an obstacle that occurs in my heart chakra or in my will? then we have a different tool for that. So it's finding the right tool to clear the obstacle. Okay. Okay. That's really very well described. I think that's a real clear way of thinking about it. So, okay. So people talk about chakras being blocked all the time. Can you say, and we just have, well, you know what? We probably should wait till after the break before we get to that. But I do want to talk just a little bit about after the break about how we can what it means to have a blocked chakra, what that terminology means, because there's a lot of talk out there about that, and I think it it sounds a little bit like sin when we talk about it or some kind of dark thing that's really negative and hostile toward us. So I want to I want us to really spend some time talking about that as well. So we're going to take a break in just a, a few seconds, and we'll be back with more from Anadea Ju- Judith and Lion Goodman on Creating on Purpose, the spiritual technology of manifesting through the chakras. is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Are you feeling out of control? Are bad relationships, anger, depression, and lifestyle overwhelming you? You can choose to release the belief systems that have kept women stuck for years. Tune in to The Power of an Unstoppable Woman with Dr. Rose Backman as your host. Break free from the genetic beliefs that can cause sabotage. It's time to stand up for who you are and what you believe in no matter what. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you discovered you? Each week, listen for Discover You Radio with host Debbie Regale. Debbie and her featured guests will help you to discover your true passions, fears, abilities, and motivations. Too many times in life, we forget the energy and drive of our youth. Who we are hasn't been changed, just perhaps our perception of it has. Let Debbie help you with your own self-discovery and reignite that fire that is still within you. Discover You Radio is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Tune in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will help you to heal yourself, support those around you, and enhance your work and your relationships. Healing can be physical, emotional, or spiritual, and it can be personal or collective for the healing of our planet. Dr. Allison and her guests will offer methods of healing that will go beyond your life and reach the lives of others. Tune in to the Empowered Healer Show. Airing live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And The Authentic Show is also sponsored by a specific course that's being taught by the Institute of Genetic Sciences called Death Makes Life Possible. It's going to be a six-weeks course, and it involves 10 years of research and extensive interviews that they've conducted for a book and a documentary film. You can watch the trailer for that movie at http www.noetic.org slash death makes life possible slash home. And uh, it's it's all about uh, the experience of loss of a loved one, a family member, a friend, or a pet, and it's that part of living. But how does understanding death inform how we live our lives? So if you want to look into that, you can go to www.noetic.org, death makes life possible slash home. So we're talking today to Anadea Judith and Lion Goodman about their book, Creating on Purpose, uh, the spiritual technology of manifesting through the chakras. And Anadea and Lion, if you will, I want you to take just a few minutes each to tell us a little bit more about how the listening audience might connect with you or any events you've got coming up or anything you'd like to share with the listening audience. Well, we have a live event coming up that we're teaching together at Kripalu Yoga Center in Lenox, Massachusetts. That's uh, February 18th to 22nd, and we've been teaching this for many, many years, 
and people just achieve remarkable results, um, miraculous results, really, in their manifestation. We go through each chakra. We learn the principles. We do the exercises that remove the blocks. We have a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughter and play in it, and uh, people just find it's an amazing workshop. And uh, we don't actually teach it quite so often, so people should get it now because we're busy with other courses as well. And you can find out about that course at kripalu.org, K-R-I-P-A-L-U, kripalu.org, and uh, just put in the search uh, category, Anadea Judith, and you'll find our course there. And I also may be having a seven-week online course coming up through the Shift Network. They just spoke to me today about it, and we may run it uh, and start it in the next couple weeks. I don't have dates on that, but it will be on the creatingonpurpose.net website as well as on my website, sacredcenters.com. Okay, so creatingonpurpose.net to go do a search for that. And can you do the Kripalu one more time, Lion? Yes, it's kripalu.org, K-R-I-P-A-L-U.org. It's a, uh, a retreat center in western Massachusetts in the Berkshire Mountains. Okay. Uh, and also I teach my technology for belief change called Transform Your Beliefs and the Belief Closet Process. And you can find out about that at beliefcloset.com. And I have a free ebook there about beliefs and the belief closet process. That's okay. beliefcloset.com. Okay, and a free ebook. So I'm sure the listening audience is interested in that. Okay. So I wanted to talk uh, just a little bit, uh, as we said just before the break, about what it means to have a blocked chakra. What does that mean, <clears throat> Anadea? Well, when we're born, we are born pure divine energy, if you will. We have no defenses. We don't know anything about the world. And as we grow up through childhood, we learn a lot about the world, some of it good, some of it not so good, and we start to put layers on our pure, raw energy, layers of defenses. You know, mother is cross with us, and we say, well, I can't trust that, and we make up beliefs, and we make body armor. And so, by and large, blocks in the chakras are defenses that we created at one time in our life when we needed them. And the trouble is they get lodged in the chakras and they're still there when we no longer need them. And instead of defending, they actually block energy being able to come in from outside to the chakras to nourish us or they block what is inside from coming out. You know, if we take the heart chakra, for example, then a blockage in the heart chakra can keep us from receiving love and keep us from expressing love. A block in the fifth chakra could keep us from receiving communication that someone's trying to tell us. It could also keep us from being able to speak effectively. Many people experience blocks in their fifth chakra. So it's something that blocks the easy passage of energy from outside to in or from inside to out through any of the portals of the chakras. Yeah, and this is... uh faulty belief systems um, uh, or uh, uh, perhaps uh, stuff that we've incorporated from other people or those kinds of things. Yeah, it can be, you know, limiting beliefs. It can be traumas that anchor in the body as body armor, you know, weight that we put on, muscular tension. It can be uh, emotional blockages. Oh, I just don't want to feel that. Uh, It can be blockages to taking action in our power where we feel intimidated to speak up or, um, you know, have trouble getting going in the morning. It can be a blockage in our ability to see and imagine 
so it could be, you know, they're different in each chakra. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a great explanation. Thank you very much for that. Is there anything else you'd like to say about that, Lion? No, that was complete. Yes. All right. All right. So what, now the other thing that I that we hear a lot about out there sort of in the New Age, New Thought mo- world is this concept of intention and what that means. And I'd like to hear, Lion, if you will, talk about that a little bit. What what is What does the word mean when we talk about it in terms of manifestation? I, I love to look up the derivation of words. Where did they come from? Because that's always a hint to, or a very good hint, about what they mean. And uh, the words attention and intention have a similar root, of course, which is uh, in Latin tendare, which means to stretch. And so how does that how does that work? So attention is ad tendare in Latin, which means to stretch toward. So when you put your attention on something, you are stretching toward that thing and experiencing it, uh, hopefully, fully. And then your attention comes back to yourself and you put your attention on something else. Now, that attention might be outward to an object or might be inward to a thought or a feeling. Intention has the same root, to stretch, but has in, which means inward. So in when you're looking for your intention, you stretch inward into yourself, and we would say into your soul or your dreams or you know your um, your life purpose, and you are finding out what you want to stretch toward, therefore, in the outer world. So we, we stretch inward to find our intention, and then we stretch outward in the world and put our attention on what's required to manifest our intention or to bring from the inward outward. So that's beautiful. I'm sitting here thinking about the, the notion of stretching and how so much of that is implied in terms of body work. We, we stretch the muscles, the ligaments, and the joints so that we can uh, be more fluid, be more um, you know, relaxed, more aware of our own bodies. And, uh, yes, so that, and, and the word, the word tendon has the same root as well in the body so our tendons are that which you know stretch as we're as we're changing our the angles of our joints very good very very good yeah so so a big part of this is being able to uh, work through the seven chakras and 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 remove the blocks to the seven chakras and then be able to implement that intention and apply the attention to our intention that we need Do, am I saying that correctly absolutely yeah okay so in terms of being able to uh, actually put our feet on the ground in terms of a manifestation let's talk about um, what might happen? Let's say you you mentioned that what the chakras might be if you if a fifth chakra was blocked that you might not be able to communicate well and you might not be able to receive communication well. If if somebody's having financial struggles, for example, and that's one of the first things that people talk about when they talk about manifesting, they go, "I need some money to make X, Y, or Z happen." Yeah. So what 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 chakra are we working with, and what what do we need to do about the blocks to that chakra? Well, largely, financial problems are in the first chakra. That's our survival. And, you know, in in the nervous system, survival might have meant one time, you know, running from a hungry tiger. But this day and age, it means earning enough money to pay your bills, pay your rent, pay your mortgage each month. And so when people don't have enough, they go into a kind of survival panic. And um, so the more you open the first chakra the more secure and grounded you become and the more you're connected to the roots 
source of abundance, which is the earth. And uh, so we see financial troubles as largely a first chakra issue. I was working with a client today who's having financial issues, and I said, well, how much did you earn this month? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, you can't manage what you don't measure. If you don't know exactly how much is coming in and exactly how much is going out, you don't have any reality. You don't have any intentional reality on that subject. We find that a lot of people who have money and financial issues are not keeping track of their money. They don't know how much money they have. They don't know how much they owe. And so we get them, one of the cures for that is to start having them uh, detail exactly every penny that they spend and every penny that they earn and putting their attention on the matter, which matters, on the first chakra you know, to the penny exactitude of money. And that alone can really help a person get past that fuzzy, the fuzziness of the monetary system and of financial abundance. Right. I think it's very interesting, Anadea, that you said the source of our abundance is the earth because that's not typically what we uh, hear about when it comes to the source of our abundance. We th- typically think of that as the divine. The it's It's the... Spiritual realm that is the source of our abundance, but you've said it was the earth. So, can well, you say some I more say about that? I think it's both. Um, okay. The source of inspiration is the divine, the source of consciousness, the source of our ideas, uh, the source of our connection to the great cosmos and universe. But the source of physical abundance is the earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nature functions on the principles of abundance. An apple tree produces as many apples as it can, and every year that it gets older, it produces more. And it doesn't ask, you know, somebody that comes along, are you worthy to pick up an apple off the ground? It just puts them out there. And so if we're not in abundance, then we have actually turned against the earth and its natural principles of abundance, which is generosity and sharing and procreation and uh, just and fostering. So often it's that people don't have their feet on the ground. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really, I really think that's so true. And one of the things I notice that in, in nature so much is a kind of quiet. It seems to me like acceptance or stillness that just sort of says, "But you know, it's going to be fine. We got it all together." So I really like that concept. All right. So, so how can you? Now we just have just like. Two and a half minutes left before the close of the show, but I want to sort of talk just a little bit about how how we change limiting beliefs into empowering beliefs, and I think this is something you might be able to speak to, Lion. Uh, it is indeed. Um, so most of our beliefs uh, come from having been indoctrinated by our parents, our culture, our media, our friends, our religious institutions, and so we don't have to feel bad about having been programmed badly. We just need to deal with the bad programs. So the human biocomputer works on programs and beliefs are like our human operating system. So it's important to look at your beliefs, examine them, see whether they are serving you or not. Beliefs are not good or bad, right or wrong. They're simply tools that consciousness uses to create experiences. And so some of the tools produce pleasant experiences and some of the tools produce bad experiences that you don't want to repeat. So what we do in the course, in the book, and in my work uh, with beliefs is that we take a look and see what is the cause of the experience you're having. There's always a belief down in the subconscious somewhere that's at the core 
of this experience. If you have a repeated experience that you're not, you don't like, uh, that's unpleasant or that's, that's a problematic, there's a belief in there somewhere. Beliefs are the, are the, at the core of the creation of our experiences. So there's a lot of techniques for, for looking at beliefs, examining them, and getting rid of them. Most of them uh, are, if you think of a belief, uh, a, a negative belief as a weed, a lot of techniques kind of stomp on the weed and try to hope that it goes away. Affirmations are like that. You know, it's not true that I'm, I'm a piece of crap. I'm a wonderful person. I'm a wonderful person. Uh, and some, yeah. some techniques try to chop the weed off at the top. Uh, you know, when you examine a belief and say, well, I see now that that's not true. That's like cutting the weed off at the top. But in order to get rid of the weed, you have to pull it up by the roots. And so the process that we teach in our manifestation workshop, the belief closet process, is a way of reaching down into the subconscious mind and pulling up those beliefs and getting rid of them permanently, and then they don't come back. And then you have cleared ground. If you're going to plant a garden, you want to remove the stumps and the rocks and amend the soil before you plant your seeds. Once you have good soil, once you have a cleared ground, then your seeds can grow. So planting a new belief like an affirmation works if you've gotten rid of the negative beliefs first. They don't work if you just try to put the seeds on top of rocky ground. So the belief closet process is a way of doing that. It works uh, amazingly well, very quickly. And uh, uh, I have a program where I teach coaches and therapists and healers to use this technique in their own work to add it as an adjunct tool to help people move past beliefs quickly. Okay. All right. Well, that's the close of our show today. Thank you so much, Anadea and Lion, for being here today to talk about your wonderful book, Creating on Purpose. And we're going to be talking next week about the difference between manifesting and man-eye-festing. So we'll be back for that next week. Stay tuned for that. And uh, uh, remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. 